Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. We are working on a holiday weekend. <laughs> I, I hope that uh, so many of you listening had a wonderful time with your family and your friends, and uh, it is nice to have a couple of days off to be able to enjoy family and friends, and uh, we certainly are excited uh, to be able to have seen our family. We kind of had a little bit of a different holiday this year because my wife and my one daughter flew up to uh, the Northeast to see our other daughter who recently moved there, and I was recently up there um, a few weeks ago, so I didn't make that trip again, but uh, we did that. And then my, my son and I, we had Thanksgiving together. So it was kind of like the smallest Thanksgiving table I've ever set. It was two people, <laughs> me and my son. But it was, uh, it was a good plan because we have, well, one of the things um, that kind of kept me back, and I'll mention this to you because we do have this posted I've got a video about this, and I was going to mention that tonight anyway, is uh, we have a shelter dog that we adopted about two years ago, and she's kind of the type of situation with her. We can't really just give her to anybody to watch because she has issues. We can't really leave her at a kennel, so we normally leave her with a family member. So in any case, it would have left my son to be here all by himself because he had to stay in the area. So make a long story short... We were separated on Thanksgiving Day, but my wife came back on Friday, so we were able to be back together, and we did some fun things uh, over the weekend, and I certainly hope that you did as well, that you had some uh, great time with your family and friends. All right, tonight we've got a, a great show lined up for you. Our good friend Dan Pilla is back with us. Uh, he'll be with us uh, in 27 minutes. He is a tax expert, and historically... His tax expertise has been on how to deal with the IRS when you owe them money. Uh, there's different programs where you can make settlements, you can make payment plans, you can uh, you know, settle for pennies on the dollar, that sort of thing. You've probably heard that before. Well, Dan Pill is kind of the guy that started all of that many years ago. And he's an interesting guy because he kind of goes into the different realms of the tax world. And tonight he's going to be with us in just a few minutes to talk about his new book, Dan Pilla's small business tax guide. And so we're, we're looking forward to, uh, to this book. It's really a good book because I'll tell you, uh, if you start a small business, especially if it's a home-based business, there's so many things you can do, uh, to reduce your audit chances, to increase your tax deductions, to put yourself in a better position record keeping wise, if you do end up having a problem with the IRS. So all of this tonight, uh, starting up here in about uh, 26, 27 minutes. Next week, our friend Tony Ortega is back with us, and he hasn't been with us in a while. I, I don't know if it's been a year. 
maybe 10 months since Tony Ortega has been here. He's the guy that has the blog, The Underground Bunker, and he's got all kinds of inside information about Scientology. In fact, he's got such a powerful blog about Scientology that the Scientology people like follow him <laughs> and harass him and so forth. He's sort of one of those marked men because of his Scientology information that he puts out there. So we're going to have him back because I mentioned this on a recent show. There was a big article in In Touch magazine that Tom Cruise supposedly left Scientology. Well, that turns out not to be the case. And But it's an interesting story nonetheless and sort of prompted me to say, oh, let's bring in Tony Ortega because we haven't done a Scientology show in a long time. Uh, to see what the latest is in the world of Scientology. Uh, I want to thank everybody that's been helping with the reviews. I got several really great reviews on iTunes this week, and I thank you so much for that. One of the problems we've had with the show is in the past when I was on the on the radio network and we had to run the commercials, I got some lower ratings over at iTunes because people said, hey, this has commercials. Well, I had to have the commercials because that was my network contract. And then on top of that, some people thought there were too many commercials. Well, I didn't have any control over that. But now that we've gone commercial-free, it's really helping me boost my rating. I'm up to like a 4.1 out of a 5, which is really great uh, because I had a few reviews that people kind of knocked off a couple of stars because they didn't like how many commercials I had. Well, we fixed that now, so it's nice to see the new reviews uh, reflecting the fact that we're not doing commercials on the show anymore. So, and on that topic, in order to do that, we have to have a sponsor each week. And this week's sponsor is BitcoinWorkshop.us. And there's a special deal that I'm offering, which is normally to join my Bitcoin workshop, my special class, which includes several videos, <clears throat> excuse me, a private Facebook group, all kinds of great you know, information on how to get started with Bitcoin, how to make money with cryptocurrency. Normally, it's $77. But I, I went ahead and dropped it $30 for Black Friday, so it's only $47. And I decided I was going to turn that sale off yesterday, but then I thought, ah, let's leave it up for Cyber Monday. Maybe we'll leave it up until Wednesday of this week. So you don't need a discount coupon code or anything like that. Just go to bitcoinworkshop.us. You'll see all the information there about what is in the class, what all you get. And you'll see at the very bottom where you go to sign up that the price is already discounted by $30. I don't do this often. For those of you that are regular listeners, we don't do discounts every other week. Some websites do that, and it's kind of hokey because they're always having a sale, and they never really have a real price. The truth is my price of $77 is a great deal as it is, and then to drop it to $47 is really incredible, almost like giving it away because you get a physical copy of my Bitcoin book. You get some other bonuses. Check it all out, bitcoinworkshop.us, tonight's sponsor, bitcoinworkshop.us. All right, a lot to get into tonight. There is a big snowstorm hitting the northeast United States, and I just got a news flash about 20 or 30 minutes ago, that 4,000 flights are already now delayed because of this snowstorm. This is like a really big snowstorm. I, 
my wife just got back from the Northeast. I don't know how big of a snowstorm it has to be to cancel this many flights, but this is just the first uh, wave of news coming in. So if you are flying out or you know someone that's flying out, and it may not even be to the Northeast, but your plane could be on a route that's coming from the Northeast. Anywhere in the Northeast from New York, New Jersey, New England, all the way up the coast, it is going to be a nightmare, uh, and they're already canceling 4,000 flights. So be sure and check on that. Uh, the next uh, thing I want to mention to you is, in addition to that video I did about our, our shelter dog, Megan, which you can find on my YouTube channel, you can find on my Facebook channel, Facebook, James L. Paris, YouTube, James L. Paris. Uh, about a year ago, I wrote the lyrics to a Christmas song and I did it right around Christmas last year. And I had just been sitting with this on my computer and I decided this summer, you know what? I want to do something with this. So my one daughter, I talked to her, all of my kids are musical, but my one daughter is a very creative songwriter. So I sent her the lyrics and we talked about it. And we decided we would collaborate, that she would write the music and use my lyrics, and we would uh, do this Christmas song together. And it turned out really, really fantastic. And I just posted that today. And it's already got uh, quite a lot of traffic online to this song. It's a very unique song. It's called The Last Christmas. And if you're somebody who is going into the holidays with a little bit of a heavy heart, because maybe you're grieving the loss of a loved one. Maybe this is the first Christmas you have without that loved one. Um, it's, it's a very touching song with a message that I think we all need to hear, which is to really, you know, look at each one of these holiday uh, times we have as precious, as limited, not assuming that we've got a lot of these in the future. I don't think any of us ever think, well, this is my last Christmas. This is my last Thanksgiving. But someday you will have your last Thanksgiving, your last Christmas, your last time together with the family. And we don't know when that is. And so that's what this song is all about. It's called The Last Christmas. And you can listen to it over on my Facebook page, James L. Paris or ChristianMoney.com's Facebook page. Or you can um, check that out over on my YouTube channel, James L. Paris. So there's that. I, I posted, I think, uh, a couple more brand new videos as well, um, just on motivational topics over on the YouTube channel. So check all that out today. Uh, James L. Paris is the uh, name over on YouTube. All right, the Irishman movie. This is a really big deal. You probably have heard about it. What's what's kind of unique about this movie is, of course, uh, if if you haven't heard about it, it's about Jimmy Hoffa, the the uh, death of Jimmy Hoffa, uh, you know, his disappearance in 1974. It appears that this movie sort of solves the mystery of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Now, the movie, there's a couple things really unique about it. One is it's a Netflix movie, and it actually came out in some movie theaters three weeks ago. And I think they put it in some movie theaters so it could be eligible for the Academy Awards. It, it had to be in movie theaters first before it could become eligible for the Academy Awards. But in just three weeks, it's now on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, you can go watch this movie. But here's what's unique about it. It is three and a half hours long. 
<laughs> it's it's really long, but it's really good. So um, if you can deal with the language, there's some rough language in it and some violence, of course, because it's about the mafia and Jimmy Hoffa and all of that. If you like the Godfather type movies, you'll probably really like it. Now, the reason I bring this up on my show tonight is because many of you know that in February of this year, we had the author, Charles Brandt, who wrote the book, I Heard You Paint Houses, which is the book that is the basis for the movie, The Irishman. So, so we had the guy on, and he talked about De Niro and the movie and the whole nine yards, and, and it was a really fascinating interview. So what I did was I went back into the archives, I pulled that show out, and I took out all the commercials, and I reposted that on YouTube and on Facebook. So if you want to hear a really fascinating behind-the-scenes story, the actual guy who the movie is about, you'd be able to hear that if you go to the YouTube channel or the Facebook channel uh, and listen to that because we have just uh, we just edited it. I just put it up today uh, on all my social media channels. It's also on my Twitter channel as well. We also put it over on SoundCloud as well. So uh, check that out. It's the, uh, it's the Charles Brandt interview on I Heard You Paint Houses, which is the book behind the movie, The Irishman. So whether you've seen The Irishman yet or not, you're going to want to listen to this interview. And I've got a lot of feedback today from people already, even though I just posted it, people saying how much they enjoyed the interview and how much it added to the movie. The information from the interview really made the movie come alive. So that's there for you as well. This story got my attention. Of course, we have been regularly talking about Prince Andrew and the connection with Jeffrey Epstein and this whole uh, ominous possibility that all of these names are going to be released maybe in, in a couple of days, maybe within the next several days. A federal judge is right now deciding to unseal the records from the Jeffrey Epstein criminal case, which, as I said last week, could expose a thousand elites, a thousand big names, millionaires, billionaires, uh, big names in business and industry, uh, sports uh, athletes, celebrities, all kinds of big names, including names as high up as like a Prince Andrew. So this story is from the Daily Mail, and you can get this story. Go to dailymail.co.uk if you want to get this story. Uh, there is a source that is unnamed that the Daily Mail has that says that Prince Andrew has kept in constant touch with Jeffrey Epstein's, people call her his pimp, the madam, or whatever you want to call her, Ghislaine Maxwell. This is the woman who was by Jeffrey Epstein's side all these years, who was sort of his liaison between him and the rich and the famous, and also was responsible for... Uh, the recruitment of a lot of the uh, underage girls that were brought in uh, to Jeffrey Epstein's various homes and locations. I find this story very interesting because, as, as we talked about last week, Prince Andrew has been kicked out of Buckingham Palace. He's lost his royal salary, and all of his royal responsibilities have been stripped from him. And uh, he is 
he's young still, uh, according to, uh, you know, I guess uh, looking at the longevity of the royal family, uh, what is the queen is almost 100, or is she 100 yet? Um, he's only uh, 59 years old or 60 years old, and he's basically been thrown out on his rear end. And And here's what I said last week, and I'll say it again. I don't think that I don't think that Prince Andrew is being thrown out because of what he did with Jeffrey Epstein, because I'm sure that the royal family has known for years what Prince Andrew was up to, because this goes all the way back to, you know, uh, 2005, I think, uh, his connections with Epstein. But I think the reason why he's persona non grata right now is because they have gotten information that in advance that he's going to be exposed for some really bad things once this uh, legal file in federal court is unsealed. That is my theory, that they don't want to be connected to him once the other shoe drops here, which I think is going to happen any time here. It could happen any day. So this is interesting, if this is true, uh, that Prince Andrew is in constant communication with Ghislaine Maxwell, who, by the way, has been sort of off the radar, off the grid until just recently. She Nobody knew where she was, and now she's she's back, and she has lawyers fighting to keep these records, these federal uh, records sealed. So I, I just think something big is going to happen. And I'll tell, this, tell you this, I'll make a prediction. I believe at least one, if not more than one, famous person, I'm not going to mention any names, but I believe at least one, if not more than one, very famous persons are going to go to prison next year because of the Jeffrey Epstein connection and, and things that went on that are going to be revealed. I really believe that. So we'll see if I'm right. Um, I had an interesting problem today with Facebook. I want to share this with you because I know everybody rants and raves about Facebook being unfair and shadow banning conservatives and blocking content and all this kind of thing. I attempted to share something very innocuous on my Facebook page. In fact, what it was was this new Christmas song. Um, I wanted to put a little ad on there, a little boosted ad for 100 bucks to kind of promote this, this new song that my daughter and I wrote. And um, about an hour after posting it and clicking the button to boost it and pay the hundred bucks, um, they came back and said that that my page, ChristianMoney.com, cannot run any ads, ever. And the reason is because a lot of the content I post, I'm, I don't have the exact words here, but it's something like this: they said this page shares content from sources. Um, it, it, this page shares content from sources that are disputed by third-party fact-checkers. So I'm sharing content that is disputed by third-party fact-checkers on ChristianMoney.com. Now, of course, when I share the content, uh, the, the content, like an article or a video or whatever it might be, I get no warning of this. I, I don't get any kind of a message that pops up and says, warning, if you post from Breitbart or you post from Drudge or whoever, we're going to not let you do ads. So this is like 
I'm being punished for something I didn't even know I was doing. And this is one of the reasons why so many people are furious with Facebook, because of these just unreasonable practices that they engage in. There is no doubt that this is George Orwell 1984, that they are going to try and police and control what we're able to say. Right now, it's simply blocking us. Like in this case, I can't buy any ads. Oh, well, they won't get any of my money, I guess. That's fine. Um, but it's not going to end there. It's going to get worse. And this is why I just continue and continue to ask, why in the world can we not get an alternative to Facebook? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And then when I say that on my show, I'll get like an email about like some obscure site that nobody goes to. Oh, Jim, this one's out here. I, I don't know. I mean, why isn't there another? Why isn't there 10 Facebooks? I mean, everything else. I mean, we've got how many different car brands do we have in the U.S.? How many different computer brands do we have? How many different grocery stores do we have? Why, why do we have just one? We've got what? Facebook and Twitter. And Instagram, which is part of Facebook, and then there's uh, Snapchat, I guess. Some of the kids use Snapchat. Um, I don't know. There's like five, four or five of these companies. And if you're a conservative and you're a Christian and things you post aren't, you know, approved by Snopes, which is a huge scam, uh, just do any research into Snopes and you'll see that they have all kinds of problems uh, with with their financial management, with their historical accuracy, their far left leaning liberals, they're not true fact checkers that are neutral. Um, you know, so I've got to basically, as a Christian conservative, face the reality that these third party fact checkers are going to say that I'm posting things that are not true according to them, and therefore I don't get to run ads on my ChristianMoney.com Facebook page. Oh well. But, but I, I just wonder, I throw this out to you as our audience, why are we stuck with just one option when it comes to social media? Like, there's no really other Facebook. Yes, there's, there's Twitter, but that's just as bad. I'm shadow banned on Twitter. I was uh, shut off on Twitter in, I think it was 2009 or 2010. They banned me for a week over something totally stupid. Um, and ever since then... No matter what I post, I mean, I don't get very many views. I'm just shadow banned. I don't understand it. So I'm putting a lot more of my energy into YouTube lately because I'm, I'm, I'm at least feeling a little bit better about YouTube. But, you know, it's still we've got like the same four or five companies kind of just controlling everything. And I, I just I don't understand it. I mean, this is America. Why don't we have 10 Facebooks to choose from? It makes no sense. Black Friday sales. Um. I didn't know what to think because I'm not a big Black Friday person. I don't go out to these big events where people get trampled and all of that nonsense. And uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. I did pass by one mall when I was driving on Friday, and it was pretty full, the parking lot. So I was curious to see what would happen. It, uh, an article I read today sounds hard to believe, but it says that Black Friday sales are, are $7.4 billion this year. That's up 43%. Um, that just doesn't sound possible to me, that it could be that big of a jump. Um, 
But that's what it said uh, in, in the article I read. And I thought, well, I mean, who are these people that are buying all this stuff? Um, you know, all we hear is that Americans, uh, I got that, art, that from MarketWatch, by the way, that statistic, that 43% statistic. Um, who are these people? All we hear is that Americans have more and more debt. Nobody has, you know, a lot of extra money, student loans and mortgages and credit cards and all these problems people have, you know, people still have a lot of debt from last Christmas is an article I read earlier in the week. But I guess people went out and bought a lot of stuff. And I, I saw this statistic, which I thought was interesting. 40% of online purchases were made with people's smartphones, 40%. So they're like shopping on their phones, which is something I do a little bit of. Like if I'm reordering some coffee or something I've already bought before from Amazon, I just might open the Amazon app and just click on an order, my order tab, and then reorder something. But I don't do a lot of like just organic shopping on the phone. But some people do. I think especially young people do. One of the warnings, though, about Black Friday and also Cyber Monday and uh, there was a great article on this in Forbes. You know, when you're out there shopping, it, it can be deceiving whether or not you're really getting a deal. And, and the one example Forbes mentioned, which this is, I've known this for years and I've talked about it for years, are these big screen TV deals. So what people do is they assume that a big screen TV is just a commodity like anything else. It's like gasoline. It's like milk. It's like buying bread. It's not, you know, so they just look at it and it's like, oh, a 60 inch TV for X or a 50 inch TV for X. You can't look at it like that. You can't even look at the brands because what happens is these big stores like Walmart and Target and, and, and others, what, what they will do is go to a big brand and ask them to make like a lower or cheaper version of their normal television that they produce for the sale. Like this is, it might be, you know, that this is a Samsung brand, but it's not the Samsung normal um, quality TV. Um, you've got to look at, look into that because you don't want to buy a big screen TV uh, that you're going to have to replace within a year or two. And this is what people do is they think, well, I mean, these TVs have come down so much in price anyway. You, you don't have to, to, to go on a Black Friday. You can go just any time of the year. But do your research. Look at Consumer Reports. Do your, go to Amazon. Look at the reviews. And be sure you look at the exact brand and the model number of the TV so that you know you're comparing apples with apples. Because a lot of these TVs... Some of them are just unknown brand names, or even like I said, if they have the big brand name, they're like a cheaper, lesser quality that was manufactured just for that sale. And I know 4K is the big thing now. I haven't gone to 4K yet. And I'll tell you why, because honestly, I've got like a 60-inch television in my living room that I've had for 10 years now, and it's a beautiful TV. Um, I think I paid eight dollars $900 for it back in the day, and... I don't know that I would really, that it would make much of a difference to me uh, to watch it in 4K. I don't need to see that much clarity. HD is good enough for me. It really is. 
I get it for those of you that are really big into sports and the NFL and all that, which I am not, that maybe there's something more exciting when you're doing, when you're watching sports because it, it looks more like you're actually there. I don't know that that's enough of a reason. It's certainly not a reason for me. Um, but who's still going to Black Friday, all, all of this? Uh, I don't know. But I, apparently a lot of people did and a lot of money was spent. We're going to close it out with this last thought. I am finding more and more. Um, and many of you know I'm a Bitcoin evangelist. I've been talking about Bitcoin since 2012. Um, I love the idea. I think it's uh, a great speculative investment. That is, put in some money, 100 bucks. maybe you'll lose it all. Maybe you'll end up being a millionaire. I don't know. I think it's got a great chance, but I always say that it's speculative. Don't put in money that you're not willing to risk losing all of it. So with that being the premise, I still have people on my social media that almost with a religious fervor just are anti-Bitcoin. And it's really for no reason, like you'll say to them, well, why? I mean, what are your facts to be against Bitcoin? And the reason is just, I just don't think it's ever going to work out. I, I don't like it. I, you know, well, fine, don't do it. But it's an odd thing because... Okay, if you don't like Bitcoin, you don't buy it. That's the end of the story. But these are people that are like on a mission to tell you how stupid you are if you're somebody that buys a little Bitcoin. They're, they're on a mission of like an anti-Bitcoin uh, crusade. And I, I've seen more and more of these people uh, on my social media that want to pick fights and start arguments over the idea of just, you know, I'll say, I'll post a little video and say, hey, why not buy $10 or $50 of Bitcoin? Here's what's going on. The price is kind of low right now. And these people will come out of the woodwork uh, to want to just tar and feather me. Like, I, I mean, 10 bucks. I know some people, they go through a drive-thru <laughs> for lunch and they spend $10 or near that. Or you go up to Starbucks, get a couple of those frothy coffees, you're going to spend $10. So we're not talking about betting the farm, uh, remortgaging the house. I've never suggested anybody do that. But it is interesting to me, uh, and maybe it's just sort of part of the political landscape now. You've got uh, the political season and people want to argue about things. And maybe Bitcoin just sort of you know gets into the fray of all of that. But I just find this very, very interesting. Um, it's almost like you've touched a real sore spot with some of these people. And here's what I wonder, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, if some of these crazy predictions turn out to be true and Bitcoin hits a million or $2 million, what are these people going to do then that were not only people that didn't get in, but people that sort of branded themselves as the anti-Bitcoin person? that's going to be a tough pill to swallow uh, down the road. All right, we're going to be back in one minute with our good friend Dan Pilla, who is patiently holding. We will refire the open, and we will be right back. Stay tuned. <laughs> 